Back up, please. Hello and welcome to Indica's Platinum episode, episode number 75. I'm your host, Aditya, and along with me, Abhishek. Hello, everyone. So, we finally made it to 75. Yes, we did. We didn't quite gallop of having one episode every week that we had decided about three years ago. But then we we trotted slowly but surely. Yes, and we have managed to pull back-to-back episodes in two weeks. So we are trying to maintain it now. I have taken a responsibility to keep us on schedule, etc. So let's see how that goes. Meanwhile, we talked about the whole banking thing last time. And banks were going bankrupt. And now... Countries are going bankrupt. Yes, what an auspicious topic to choose on the 75th episode. With Iceland filing, or I mean, there's nothing about filing for bankruptcy, but the Prime Minister of Iceland actually went on news and said that uh, there is a possibility that Iceland, which is supposedly the world's most developed country, according to the Human Development Index, will be bankrupt very soon. That's what it is, you know. It's home to a little more than 3 lakh people. A little more than 3.5 Eden Gardens. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. You know, that is how many people are there in probably your corporate housing society. <laughs> but you said it, Iceland had the world's highest per capita incomes hmm. sometime back. Per capita, is, bole to, total income of the country divided by number of people. That's what the total yes. is in 11th standard. Exactly. Matlab, yes. ek aadmi, ek saal mein kitna kamata hai, is that much. And it was the highest. And also... There was, in last year's survey carried out by UN, it was also rated as the best country to live in. And now the position is such that everything is closed. People can't trade stocks, can't take money from the bank because obviously there is no money. And So UN got it terribly wrong. I, mm. I mean, they didn't get it wrong, you know. It's about something that happened in just one weekend that turned the whole <laughs> economy upside down. Yep. You know, you know why, why do they hire researchers at the UN? You know, because they make weather forecasters look good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You know, the best thing I like about Iceland? Huh? It's capital. Its name is Reykjavik. How cool does it sound? Let's think about it. You know, Reykjavik. And it's, right it's a little difficult to pronounce these names. The three banks which got the whole country in the mess, they are named Glitnir, Landsbanki, and Kaupthing. Yes, those are the three banks that got screwed, uh, you know, from the behind. And none of them have money. That is because they were hugely exposed to the global market. Yep. So basically, all the other banks stole their money. And now, what uh, basically Iceland had to do is go begging to other people, asking them to rescue them. So, Sweden has uh, chipped in about uh, 702 million as a loan hmm. to save the Swedish arm of Kopthing Bank. Ooh. Norwegian banks have guaranteed a fund worth 819 million to, you know, support a bank called Glitnir. Everybody is trying to, you know, put money together. It's it's like what do you say? Sarvajani Ganpati me how do you you know they have this Vargani bolte? What what is it? Right, right. Vargani, that's right. Chanda basically in Hindi. Chanda, exactly. Chanda ikata kare so they can keep this country running, you know. Very true. I mean, in economic jargon, this is called balance of payment crisis that India had gone through in nineteen ninety two when its foreign exchange reserves were about one billion dollars. That is in other words it could keep itself feeding for another week. That's it. And after a week, India would be bankrupt. So India went to the IMF, International Monetary Fund, and that's what Iceland is contemplating on doing. But the problem was, see, for example, if you are on a cliff, hanging on a cliff, and if I 
try to pull you out of it. I weigh 50 kgs, you weigh 100 kgs, so you'll pull me down. That's what happened with these uh, banks who exactly. put their money in bad mortgages and all that. And then the bad debts are up to $100 billion by some estimates. And Iceland GDP itself is only $14 billion. <laughs> so imagine that. Yeah, and also a funny thing while we are on the topic of that whole downturn, mm-hmm. a funny thing happened is, you know, there is this U.S. debt calculator put up in the New York Times Square. The U.S. debt has crossed $10 trillion now. Yep. And apparently they didn't think U.S. will be in such a bad condition ever because they had not made a provision to accommodate as many digits on the clock. The clock basically failed and, you know, it crashed. Yeah, and they had to replace the dollar sign by one. So basically to incorporate that one of 10 trillion, they had to remove the dollars. Let's see, let's see what happens. Indian, I read in the, in the newspaper this morning that our PM Manmohan Singh has asked Subara, who is the governor of RBI, to rush back home because right now he is in the US meeting with, uh, you know, George Bush and talking about the whole crisis. PM has asked him to come back home because there is a crisis happening in India as well right now. A lot of these rumors going around about, you know, the banking in India itself. There were rumors about ICICI, which were very scary, saying that ICICI bank ATMs are not working anymore and have stopped dispensing money and all those things. These are obviously all rumors. Incidentally, ICICI today has sued the person who was uh, uh, spreading these rumors and he's a broker of Motilal Oswal. Yeah, he was asking his clients to sell all the ICICI shares because they are exposed to the bad loans and the subprime in the US. And ICICI has managed to sue them, yep. And I mean, people really took this rumor very seriously. People in my company, you know, senior people in my company decided to withdraw all their money out of ICICI bank. That is how low on confidence people are in the whole banking system because of, uh, you know, whatever has been happening Mm. with banks just disappearing overnight. People just don't trust banks anymore. I got an SMS from ICICI in the morning. I I have a savings account there. Six o'clock, my cell phone beeps and it reads, please do not listen to any rumors. We are a very highly capitalized bank with enough capital adequacy ratio, which out of which I did not understand any of it. But <laughs> exactly, I was just going to ask you about that. <laughs> so then I called up Ritika, then she told me that, I mean, Jovi, 11% you have to put some amount with the RBI. And they yeah. said they have enough money there, so don't worry. Even in, in the crisis situation, we've got enough backup money. So don't withdraw, I mean, don't listen to rumors. And that's, yeah. that's the sentiment. Yeah, but I, I don't know if you have already, uh, you know, recorded the next vaccination or... Um, or if you're going to do it soon. But I think a good topic for you guys to take up in vaccination would be, what is the difference between a recession and a depression? Mm-hmm. Because I heard people talking about, you know, we are not sure if this is a recession or a depression. Right. If this is a recession, it's going to last for two years or three years. If it's a depression, it may go up to 10 years. And that really freaked me right. out. Okay? I mean, recession, technically it says that Two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Right. So that's recession. Depression is what happened in 1929 where the whole industry, everything was in a downturn. I mean, finance, technology and all that. So I think that is a slang way of saying that is what depression was. So that means you don't have to discuss it on Disney We just hashed it out right now. No, I'm sure Ritika will have something more to add to that. Okay, so moving on from one bad situation to another. In what has been called as the biggest manhunt in India, the Mumbai police has allegedly nabbed key members of the Indian Mujahideen module. 
दे हैव अरेस्टेड वन की सस्पेक्ट बाय द नेम मोहम्मद मंसूर असगर पीर बॉय अलियास मन्नू ही इज अ रेसिडेंट ऑफ पुणे एंड वॉज एम्प्लॉयड बाय गेस हू ही वॉज एम्प्लॉयड बाय याहू एज अ प्रिंसिपल सॉफ्टवेयर इंजीनियर नाउ समन who is a principal software engineer at yahoo is pretty senior okay i mean his annual package salary is given in the news report it is somewhere around 20 lakhs and there were two other people also senior technical advisor in it companies so mm-hmm. we are seeing educated people coming into terrorism and uh, you know since you are talking about educated people a research done by oxford some scholars there i'll try to get the link they had run a research on biographies of some 300 known members of islamist groups violent islamist groups from 30 countries and they found out that 66.5% of them were engineers oh really yes this, was, this is globally this is global from 30 countries all the extremist groups that they uh, okay. studied and out of which i mean they are big names osama bin laden himself was a student of engineering the guy who rammed in those aeroplanes in the world trade centers mohammad atta right. he was an engineer and huh. then you have the 1993 world trade center blasts that was also an engineer you have mohammad ahmed nijad about whom we joked in the previous podcast that he gets up every morning and says that i'm going to have more nuclear deaths in my country iran's president he himself is a civil engineer so huh. there are many such instances where engineers are linked to terrorism and unka research tells them that engineers generally go looking out for problems to solve <laughs> all right that's what the research says and yes and i also recall that police have confirmed about how the leader of this indian mujahideen module managed to convince these people it took took a long time to convince these people it was a systematic brainwashing process or whatever you can call it but apparently they have mastered the art or something like that it, that is what it seems to me and the, you know this module has been active since 2005 mm-hmm. just imagine it has taken them 3 years to get to where they are right now i mean they were given jihadi literature series oh. containing inflammatory material on incidents that have been happening in various parts of the world so it is a very systematic process that they have here i think you know right i also recommend khuda ke liye which is a movie by a pakistani producer and a director you've done that before you you are a big fan of that movie i i haven't seen yeah, it yet i've already done that i've already done that yep, in yep. <laughs> oh, well i'm getting old then but go go watch that movie and that movie sort of shows as to how this happens and i think it's a little more special because it's it comes from a pakistani director yes so it's not an india specific problem it also happens in pakistan and mm. it's a, it's a serious concern i guess it's not no not only pakistan uh, sri lanka has a literacy rate of 92% and it is said that the origin of suicide bombings come from sri lanka where oh, there yes. have been more than 200 suicide attacks since 1970 and we are talking about a country which is highly educated 92% literacy rate is huge there is another thing you mentioned about conditioning it, there is this discovery pe ek hai cult leaders and how they mesmerize their own uh, community and compel them to commit crimes by oh, really? hypnotizing them it's called cult leaders from discovery channel oh. you get get it on big torrent <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you only get documentaries from there right oh yes absolutely we are honest people anyways moving from the sad stories let's talk about something cheerful bhartiya antariksh anusandhan sangathan which is also known as isro which uh-huh. is the indian space research organization right. is going to launch its chandrayaan mission soon it will be launching on the october 22nd from shri harikota which is not a temple but it is 
a place where they launch rockets from basically it's a, it's a 386 crore lunar mission which was in the making for 5 years huh. imagine that 5 years why, why are they doing this well what they plan to do is they're just going to go check out just hover over the moon and identify if there are any deposits of helium out there which basically is a clean nuclear fuel which can solve the world's energy problems is uh, what the chairman of isro says so that is one objective and there is another reason why the chairman of isro wants to go there is to explore a particular region where they think humans may go and want to live hmm yeah a lunar township or something like that the commute is going to be crazy but uh, <laughs> that's what they're trying i guess yeah but, but someone who travels 2 hours in bombay would would yeah, say that right every day 4 hours to and fro right do you travel that yes. much yeah 4 hours commute but um, i'm loving it so far yeah so but, am i 10 minutes <laughs> let's move on carry on <laughs> i hate you okay yeah so that's what they're going to do you know they're going to hover around the lunar surface about 100 kilometers above the moon's surface mm-hmm. and um, do all their research the reason why this is a big deal in india and for the research organization is because they have only sent a satellite up to 36000 kilometers over earth and this is going to be the first scientific mission where they are going to send something which is going to travel 4 lakh kilometers away from earth Okay. Thank God, it's an unmanned mission. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and obviously the whole idea is to you know send a manned mission later on and all those things, but right. keep that for you know episode number hundred and fifty. Maybe. But you know what the coolest thing is? It's going to map and take images and transmit it to India again. And for that, they have built an antenna in Bangalore, which is thirty-two meters wide. It's pretty exciting stuff. I think I would have been really excited to work on such a mission and but i hear that the salaries are really bad for those guys. yeah but the motivation is something else i think the people who work oh. there must be super intelligent and working towards adding something to the nation not money mongers like you and i yes i'm pretty sure that yes. is and it's a good uh, development place for uh, nasa guys to come in and take up the best talent mm-hmm. and take them to the us well in other good news uh, live in relationships are as good as marriage says the state and my grandmother said kai chale hai kai chale logon sir that's what my grandmother said the first what's thing that happening? She, yes what's happening yes. and times of india just to mess with people's mind thought let's put this on the front page let's see what people talk about dekhte kitne logon ki jalti hai that's that's the sort of thing exactly. yeah that's because maharashtra government is saying now that the live in couple the woman in the living couple will be given the status of a wife if they live together for a reasonable period now the reasonable period is not well defined but i believe somewhere about 2 3 years we can say is a reasonable period and you 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 caught on to the point i was going to talk about that you know uh-huh. you got to define reasonable period very very well yes if you can define what a wife is then you should be <laughs> exactly yeah i love the way they have written it in the article maharashtra government has proposed a change in the legal definition of a wife that's all awesome. yeah. you know as you said the new law is going to give women a stronger case to make in case of alimony and all those things right now do you agree with this you know i on a personal level i am not sure whether it's a very good idea because the premise of the relationship is that it is no holds bar both the parties in the relationship do not want to marry because they want to see things how they go and now if you bring in this technicality the guy in the relationship will always have that at the back of the mind that do saal ke baad if something has to go wrong then 
I might have to part with a good percentage of my monthly salary only because of the Maharashtra government who had the sanity or the insanity to bring in this uh, new law. Right. And I also see a lot of problems in in there being multiple definitions of a wife. So what do you do in case of life insurance? Usually life insurance is offered by you know other companies etc. includes your wife. Hmm. Now, would that include a live-in relationships as well? I doubt that. Well, we'll have to read the Indian Divorce Act 1869. On a serious note, the Delhi court has just passed a judgment which says that not everyone will be entitled to the alumni because if you are, if you are a wife, I'm sorry, if you are a woman who is married <laughs> and you're earning enough, let's say, for example, 80,000 rupees a month, then you will not be entitled for alumni because you're earning reasonably enough, again, that word reasonable, which can yeah. take care of your standard of living. So then again, it cuts out a good percentage of uh, the urban population in the metropolitan cities. Well, urban, urban population, metropolitan, I'm sorry, but yeah. <laughs> yeah it's 11.36 in the night. So yeah. I, I remember you had mocked me about a couple of episodes back. I'm going to take revenge. <laughs> but anyways, I'm also offended with the fact that they are only considering to change the definition of a wife. What about the definition of a husband? You know, when... The world started, it was by Adam and Eve. It was not by Adam and Steve. <laughs> in, in the US, in California, when they legalized gay marriages, yeah. uh, they had to pass another, I don't know, law, act, bill, referendum, jo bhi bolte hai. but yeah. marriage, may, they defined a wife as not only a female spouse, but also a participant in a civil union or a civil partnership. So in other words, there are two people and both are marrying each other and they are part of that civil union, you know, and one of them is a wife, because both <laughs> them, yeah, one of them has to be a wife. So the yeah. one person who is inclined, uh, how do I say it, physically or sexually towards one particular gender <laughs> is a wife. So, well, it's a very broad definition now that we are living in the 21st century. So, yes, they have, I mean, it's high time that the Indian government also thinks about those things, because there was a big thousand people gay parade in Calcutta, either trying to revolt or for this judgment. I don't know, one of the two things, for this judgment of uh, living relationship. And because, huh, because then, you see, the Indians also have gays and all communities, which I think need to be heard if you're talking about 2008. That's a completely different spin, right? <laughs> yes. See, it's much deeper than what, what, what you think. the headline is. Yeah, yep. it's much deeper. <laughs> you can't get your head around this. The more you read, yeah, the I more think. you... You know, I was reading this, you will not believe me. I was reading about California gay marriages on The Economist and there was a guy who peeped behind me into the laptop and then he looked at me very quizzically that what am I doing <laughs> reading about gay marriages? Then I gave him a smile and then I realized, what am I doing? <laughs> Giving him a smile. I said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm doing this, blah, blah, blah. And then we had a good laugh, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, in, in, in the US, I think, I don't know, I would love to know what people think about this. Uh, being gay is not exactly looked down upon as much as it is in India, in the US. I, I, you lived in the US, so you would know. Yeah, it's, I mean, people just don't care anymore. Yeah. But, but it also depends on where you are. You know, in, in New York City, probably people don't care. But if you go down south, people are not going to think very highly about you. So it really depends. It's the same in India, I feel. If you're a gay in Bombay, nobody cares. Yeah, yeah that's true. You know? That's true. But the same thing happens in villages, probably there will be a different perspective. Oh, completely. They could hang you. Talking about gays and Calcutta, let's talk about the most famous Kolkatan? Uh -huh. What do you call a Kolkatan? Kolkatan. Let's just keep it Bengali. Let's just keep it Bengali. Saurav Ganguly is planning to retire after the Australian series. Yes. 
the man who's called the god on the offside is planning to retire i think this is a very smart move on his part yeah he was brought from the irani trophy which is what domestic cricket and suddenly he was surprised that he was picked for the test series and in a press conference he did it like it happens in the movies they spoke to him for about 10 minutes because he was a guy who was uh, the representative because right. the captain wasn't there so in the end he just said to the press that and one last thing lads uh, this will be my last series oh my god and I'm then dead. the whole cameras were on him the next day's newspapers were all about sir ganguly and his first one day international as a 17 year old and how far he has come all the way here and i think he's he's right up there he got arrogance and modesty in equal amounts to the indian cricket team and since then it hasn't been the same in a good way i think i think in the recent past ganguly has performed the best whenever people have thought badly about him let's see how he does in the australia series but the innings that i saw during the first test he looked very determined he, he you know wanted to give the selector the finger or something like that <laughs> saying this is what you get for dropping me and keeping me always hanging out there and that is the reason that he gave right he he said that he is sick and tired of all the humiliations that he has received from the selectors for always keeping a hanging sword on his neck and never know when it's going to drop and that's the reason that he is retiring it's more like the steve war story that's how he left the australian side as well and ganguly also happens to be india's most successful test captain 21 tests he has won for india among the 49 that he's captained so yeah 50% yeah. success rate that's the best indian test captain ever in the history of world cricket that's how well we play the test match cricket <laughs> exactly you, you know what i don't think ganguly has probably thought it out completely i <laughs> i doubt whether he is going to retire he is this aisa wo khushki chhoda hai wo i'm going to retire I'll believe it once he actually does it. You know, Harsha Bogle, Harsha Bogle, when he was with us in the podcast, he said that Ganguly, that he's seen since adolescence, he's a guy who will have a plan on paper and who will go out on the field within a second or two, he can change it completely and act instinctively. So we don't know yet. Yeah, let's hold on to that. Until yeah. then, that's about it. Any any special comments from you? This has been the episode number 75. Yes, and this one's well for all you listeners who've been with us for so long for about 3 years now. This one goes out for you. Thank you very much and please comment and suggest topics that you think we can cover in the next podcast or so. And that's about it from me. You've said everything. You don't have you have not left anything for me except hmm. log on to www.theindicast.com for the comments. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.